0: I'm Keaton Fletcher, an Assistant Professor of Industrial Organizational Psychology at Colorado State University, and this is Healthy Work. All right, we're back with another featured guest. I'm so excited to bring you uh, this guest and their work recently published in Occupational Health Science. I'm going to get out of the way and let you introduce yourself
1: everyone. My name is Dr. Katrina Birch. I am an associate professor now at Western Kentucky University and my research focuses on the work-life interface and how work influences the health and behavior of folks outside of work.
0: Awesome and congratulations on the promotion. Oh
1: thank you very much.
0: So we are talking about your recent paper on work to school conflict and alcohol consumption so i would love it if you could give a brief overview of that paper
1: yeah so my co-author and i a former master's student faith rollins this grew out of her master's thesis research and she was really interested in alcohol use in college students and how potentially work to school conflict influenced alcohol use in in college students and so this was kind of a joint effort of ours, me with my interest in the work-life interface, and Faith had done some undergraduate research in another professor's lab who looked at alcohol use with college students. And so combining kind of my expertise in the work-life interface and her undergraduate research interests in alcohol use in college students, we really came up with this, this idea together. And so what we did was we conducted a four day daily diary study to look at work-school conflict and its associations on alcohol use for college students during the early COVID-19 pandemic. And we also examined tension reduction expectancies as a potential boundary condition on this relationship. And what we found was that by itself, work-to-school conflict, did not have a significant relationship with alcohol use or increased alcohol use, but that students who held these negative kind of expectancies around alcohol, that alcohol would somehow reduce their stress or their tension, right, that in conjunction, so those students who experienced more work-to-school conflict and also held these Tension reduction expectancies engaged in more alcohol use. And so, with it being a daily diary study, we looked at those within person associations. So, on days when Students experienced work to school conflict and held tension reduction expectancy around alcohol. They tended to drink more alcohol.
0: Wow. That really highlights the importance of looking at moderators, right? Of you look at this, you're like, oh man, there's no relationship. But then suddenly when you start. Teasing apart those mechanisms, looking at, well, there is in this case. If I could just ask you something really quickly, because I think this might be the first paper that we've covered on the podcast that looked at work-school conflict rather than, like, work-family conflict. Mm -hmm. Could you tell me a a little bit? I mean, it seems pretty straightforward, but a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So, like work-family conflict, right, work-school conflict is bi-directional, and you can experience work interference with school, you can experience school interference with work. For college students, their role saliency is likely around their student role, and so it makes some more intuitive sense, that students may experience the, the direction that, that we examined here in this paper, which was work interference with school. And these kind of ideas around role conflict you know, really grew out of the work family literature. And so we incorporated some of that within the paper.
0: And so with this paper, even in the title, I think it highlights that it was done during COVID-19. Do you think that would be any different? I'm asking you to speculate. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But would it be any different, you know, uh, not during that major stressor? Or do you think we should still find those relationships?
1: Yeah. So, you know, when we first kind of conceptualized the study, we were not expecting the (laughs) COVID-19 pandemic. Um, And so what we did was we, like a lot of folks, you know, we wanted to understand some of these dynamics that were at play during the COVID-19 pandemic. And so we, we went ahead with the study, but a lot of the research on kind of the the association with work-school conflict or work-to-school conflict and, and alcohol use for, for college students, there's some mixed results um, depending on methodologies used or the ways in which folks determined how many hours students needed to be working to be included in the study. So I think Oviat, um, for example, had a, a College student sample that worked on average five hours a week, whereas ours worked, you know, something like 26 or 27 hours a week. Um, and so there was a lot of, of mixed findings on this. And so we felt that with the COVID 19 pandemic and these additional stressors that students may be feeling, it might be an interesting time to do this research. And fortunately, my student at the time, Faith, Ended up getting a graduate student research grant and really drove kind of all of the data collection processes, set up a Google phone number, you know, would text the, the survey link to participants and really kind of understood how to how to communicate with college student sample because I'm still in this age where I'm like, why don't people read their email? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <You
1: know? laughs> but she was able to, to really communicate with the college students and, you know, get a good number of those who enrolled in the study so I think we had 51 participants enrolled in the study but the the analyses were conducted on 49 participants that we really got a good response rate for those who enrolled in this daily portion of the study
0: that's so hard to do especially during COVID I tried to run an ESM and the fall of 2020 uh, yeah 2020 and just response rates were just so abysmal. And so I'm so pumped for you guys that uh, you are able to get good responses. Um, sounds like a, a real power team here. Yeah. So in doing this research, what surprised you the most?
1: So it really surprised me that there wasn't a direct effect of work-to-school conflict on alcohol use, that it really, the the relationship exists when there is that boundary condition. Because if we think about work-family conflict, right, those who experience more role conflict find ways to cope with that role conflict, and occasionally that's through consuming more alcohol. And that would be what, in general, what the literature would suggest, right? And that it makes it sense, right, if we think about drinking alcohol as a way to like reduce stress or alcohol as self medicating then how many of us have had like a stressful day at work and then like gone home and poured ourselves a glass of wine right or you know your your drink of choice and so in a time period where drinking is so normalized right and college students like it's almost like a rite of passage that there was not that direct relationship of work to school conflict with consuming alcohol, that it really depended on this this boundary condition of, of holding these negative expectancies around alcohol.
0: I mean, that is really surprising when you put it that way. Cool. And so if I'm a manager, what should I do with this?
1: Yeah. So, you know, practical recommendations are always really important and something that I think academics struggle with, myself included. But really, one of the things that has been bothering me lately is this kind of this focus on the individual being responsible for their own health and well-being where in reality right we all exist in a system and you know there are organizational things that can be done as well making your EAP uh, program accessible having supports within an EAP program for things like problematic drinking right because problematic drinking is potentially a coping mechanism for stress or strains that can sometimes get out of hand. And one of the things that is interesting with kind of the college student literature is that the idea is that students are going to be employees in organizations at some point beyond their college career and the coping mechanisms that they develop in college can follow them into their careers so having accessible um, employee assistance programs that have supports for things like substance use can be very beneficial
0: i love that and i could not have said it any better myself about uh, the focus on changing the system or interventions at the system level, protections at the system level, and sort of removing that onus on the individual to some degree. It's definitely, I think, one of the primary goals of this podcast, too, is to highlight how we are part of that broad system. And so I really appreciate you putting it like that and making it so clear. Oh, Thank you. My final question and the one that I get the most excited about. Why do you do this work?
1: Well, I'm just passionate about the work-life interface and everything that the work-life interface involves. So I am a bit of a weird IO psychologist. I don't think of the employee first. I think of the person first, right? And that all employees are people who have roles and identities that exist with outside of the workplace, right? And understanding the dynamics of how these roles interact is something that I've Always been passionate about. Ever since I got interested in IO psychology as a, an undergraduate student, for a long time I was a single mom. So, you know, all research is me search to some to some extent. And so, having that unique life experience that I had as as a college student and a graduate student, being a single mom, really made me so much more passionate about understanding how our roles can intersect with one another and how that can influence our our health and our behavior at work and our health and behavior at home.
0: Yes, that's beautiful. And I think one thing, too, that's really cool about this paper and that we don't really get to talk about much on this podcast is another role that we have as academics. And that's the mentoring side of things, because this was first authored by your former student. And I think that is so cool. And congratulations to you as a mentor and to her as the first author on this and now out there in the real world doing the real good work. Yes, she
1: is. uh, She is fully involved in her practitioner role as a master's level IO psychologist. And I love Well, I love being able to mentor students, but I really love being able to kind of, I don't feel like I'm bridging these two worlds of of science and practice, right? And being able to instill in in my master's students the importance of evidence-based practice and that the focus is, is on practice, right? And how we can use science to inform practice. And so very proud of faith who was an excellent student and is i'm sure crushing it in her practitioner role as well
0: yes well thank you so much for your time and for your work
1: oh thank you so much for having me i really appreciate this
0: healthy work is a podcast written and produced by keaton fletcher and mariana arvon mixed and edited by keaton fletcher artwork by keaton fletcher and our music is zero micro song by steve combs Please like us, follow us and subscribe on whatever podcasting software you use and leave a review in the iTunes store. It really does help get us out there.